Welcome everybody to tonight's Joe and Joe Weather Show. It took almost to the well, it took to the beginning of November, and we may have a Category Five hurricane in Hurricane Ada as it nears the uh, north coast of uh, of Nicaragua, the border near the border of Nicaragua and Honduras. Top winds 150 miles an hour. We're going to talk about that. The busy wind that we've been dealing with here in the uh, northeast. Uh, Joe Rayo getting going without power today, Mr. Rayo, as uh, the rumor mill was churning. It wasn't so bad because literally five minutes after the power went out, I saw rushing down uh, my uh, street uh, a truck from NYSEG with the lights flashing. So apparently they had a pretty good idea as to where the power had gone out or they were roaming around in the vicinity. So uh, we got power back about 20 minutes later. So thankfully, we did not have to wait a long time. I can tell you my brother-in-law, who lives in Broadheadsville, Pennsylvania, uh, called this morning uh, around 9 o'clock or 8.30 and said that his electric company said they weren't going to get power back until 8 o'clock this evening. So who knows? Maybe he's still in the dark. But thankfully, we, we got the power back. Thankfully, we're here live with you, Joe, and uh, hopefully we will not be losing. Yeah, we're live. <laughs> yes, yes. yes, exactly. And, uh, of course, the Joe and Joe Weather Show is brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware in uh, West Babylon, New York, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, 631-756-1125. Uh, they are Long Island's largest rock salt provider, so you're going to want them handy uh, during winter storms when they happen uh, this winter. And it's not just rock salt, but mag, ice melting pellets and flakes, Petalo premium snow and ice melter, bio melt, geo melt, spreaders, shovels, snow blowers, you name it. That's uh, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue, West Babylon, New York. And again, the number is 631-756-1125. Best prices in town, omnitruevalue.com. The only thing that's missing from that advertisement is uh, the reporter standing in front of that big pile of rock salt? Because you know, oh, that I, 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 I have a video. It's on Facebook if you want to see it. Of a, of a reporter standing in front of the rock salt? About uh, me standing in front of the rock oh, salt. Oh, you in front of the rock salt? Yes. Yeah. Well, they got a lot of rock thing. salt. They got when a lot like, of rock salt there. So, uh, I mean, that's that's the standard thing. Whenever there's an impending snowstorm, and it doesn't even have to be a big snowstorm, but the uh, the uh, assignment editor always sends somebody out to the local, like like Omni, for example, to stand in front of the rock salt and tell you this is all going to go on the on the roadways beginning later tonight. Right. You know that kind of stuff. Well, I'm going to just I'm just going to tell you uh, that uh, one of the big surprises when I when I went there, and, and you would love this, uh, the owner of uh, of Omni, uh, Judine Federici, she's an avid avid toy collector of, of, uh, of um, back from the when we were kids in the 60s and 70s. And she has them in their original boxes and they're on display. She owns the de a deli right next door. So they're on display there, Joe. It was like going back in time. All the toys that we had when we were kids. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, Batman memorabilia from when we were kids. Uh, you name Lock it. Sockum robots. I, yeah, I mean all all of that. Uh, uh, hands down. Remember the game Hands Down and and uh, yeah. Um, uh, Mousetrap. Yeah, I mean it was just I I think just to see them in their original packaging, 
And, yeah. in, and they're in excellent, uh, we're talking about pristine condition, just as if they got them right off the shelf. And they're all available there. So um, to, if you're ever in that area, or you folks at home watching, if you're ever in that area, go take a look. If you're into toys, uh, you'll have a field day there. Was, um, it, didn't, didn't there, was there an episode of Seinfeld where he was dating a, a girl who had a whole collection of toys in mint condition? And the way, and she wouldn't let Jerry stay, play with them. So Jerry ended up bringing turkey and wine and knocking her out with tryptophan and, and overindulgence of wine. Oh. And so here she is like this. And meanwhile, George and Elaine and Jerry are playing with G.I. Joe and the, the uh, tasty bake oven. And it's, it's funny. Yeah. I, 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 could, I, I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. All right, let's go right to, let's go straight to Hurricane Ada because uh, <clears throat> uh, this is uh, the Air Force Reconnaissance aircraft is, is on the way there. It's not there yet. They actually have two planes en route uh, from what I saw, and uh, they're going to find uh, a, a powerhouse. So take a look on the latest loop, Joe. I, I, we're talking about the buzzsaw with the print prick, the pin prick perfectly circular eye there. Uh, this is a, you know, the hurricane force winds go out about 25 miles in all directions from the center. Uh, so it's, it, it, it's not really a big storm, but it's inside that giant, that gyre that covers uh, the western half of the Caribbean Sea. So there's this, this big amorphous upper air circulation that it's kind of embedded underneath. And the uh, gales, I think, go out about 125 miles or so uh, from the center. But this is going to come crashing inland tomorrow morning, uh, and and it could still, you know, we may 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 see this drop a little bit more in terms of the pressure. We'll see what the plane finds when it gets there. Maybe it'll get there while we're on the on the air. If if they do, we will certainly report it. But very impressive here. It is. It kind of reminds me of a storm that hit Central America. I, I'm guessing now, 15 or 20 years ago, Mitch. There are there were some comparisons on a couple of the discussions today that mentioned that because yeah. Mitch, as I remember, became a Category Five and, and it produced catastrophic rains in Central America and and that's the big deal here with this big gyre that it's in. Uh, the rainfall amounts there are going to be historic, probably. Uh, 30, and Mitch, Mitch alone, it? Mitch alone produced uh, rainfall in feet. I mean, this is going to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. They called Mitch monstrous Mitch, and uh, this one is no no different. This this looks like it's going to be in its own right a, a monster of a storm and a devastating storm for those poor folks who live uh, near or around the path of the storm. Makes an interesting kind of curve actually uh, up across Central America and trying to curves up and around toward. Uh, what, uh, Mexico, Yucatan area? Yeah, I, well, now there's some debate about that and, and on how this plays out, uh, because does the the center of this uh, could very well wind up just getting destroyed in the mountains there. But at the same time, you have, again, this big upper air circulation, and it looks like something else reforms, either a new low forms or... Uh, certainly you probably will be able to argue that it will be the remnants of this that wind up eventually turning back up uh, to the north. And I, I just I switched satellites here just to give you a different angle. So you can see the eastern Caribbean versus the western Caribbean. And, and uh, the uh, hurricane Ada is right on the edge on the far left, which is so uh, stands out like a sore thumb. And of course, you can see the high clouds on the outflow 
moving up over Cuba and into the Bahamas. So the entire western half of the Caribbean is, is covered by this. But if you look at some of the, the newer, the, the latest, well, this was the 18Z. I don't think we have the 0Z yet. I'll give it a, oh, the 0Zs are in. So if you look at the 0Z uh, hurricane tracking models, Joe, um, more and more of them are, are turning it northwestward and then turning it northeastward back out into the northwest Caribbean. So you would have to say that it would probably be eight of the same center. Now, there are a couple of them that are still lingering that want to take it out into the Pacific. Now, if that happens, uh, you still have the issue of the big upper air, the spiraling gyre, and that the pressures here are so low that you probably will wind up with another low forming anyhow. So I think you're going to see something in the Northwest Caribbean in time, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Well, you know, Joe, uh, we, as you mentioned yesterday, we're actually tied now with 2005. There was an unnamed storm in 2005. That's why they got as far as Zeta. They should have had one more storm, but they didn't name it. And now we've tied that with, with Ada. And the next storm on the list is Theta. And we might be looking at the outgrowth of Theta out of Ada. Yes. <laughs> I, I could... I'm not even going to try to go beyond that. It's, no, it it, it 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 sort of speaks for itself. I think you, <laughs> beta, theta, eta, zeta. I will say, I will say that if this indeed does turn out to be the cataclysmic it's like an storm that a Stella routine. I mean, if, if if this turns out to be the cataclysmic storm that it looks like it every bit is and will be to parts of Central America that in, if we ever do use the Greek alphabet again, uh, we mentioned that they don't retire Greek letters, but they simply will need, only need to say ADA 2020 and everybody will, will know exactly what, yeah. what uh, that is. Yeah, yeah. No, no question. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out, of course. And uh, the uh, last uh, advisory here at seven o'clock, they carried 150 miles an hour uh, 14.4 north, 82.4 west. Actually, uh, if you watch the loop of this, uh, it, it, it turned, it's been moving steadily west, but late this afternoon, it, it made a decided turn to the west-southwest. So it's moving, instead of moving at about 270 or 275, it's moving more like 250 or 255. And again, there's not much uh, left here of open water before it comes onto the coast, which it will do sometime tomorrow morning maybe it'll uh, be uh, as far as late as maybe 11 or 12 you know 11 o'clock or 12 noon but in the meantime uh conditions unless it goes through an eye wall replacement cycle which of course could happen at any time it's just a matter of how deep does it get how intense does it get before it does it and the official forecast weakens it to a uh, a, a depression slash remnant low but the hurricane center is buying the idea mm -hmm of a gradual turn to the north, uh, northwest, uh, to the west-northwest, and then eventually to the north and northeast, back out into the northwest Caribbean sometime on Friday and going into this weekend. So th this is moving so slowly, Joe. This is going to be around for quite a while. Uh, it's uh, on the long-range guidance in one form or another on the on the GFS anyway, uh, and uh, for 16 days. It's, out, it's on the... Um, it's on the European for the next 10 days. So we're going to be talking about this, uh, I think, for 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 for, for the, quite a quite a bit. And why? And since we don't have any other weather impacting our area, because we're going to go exactly the opposite uh, in terms of the overall pattern. But uh, before we go start talking about what's going on here, 
I just want to bring up um, just some some maps of the model with regards to to um, A, uh, Ada, uh, and there. And by the way, Ada used to be what we remember the old Ada before we the, the, the before the Nam. We had the Ada model. Right. Right. So it's a good right. thing. It's a good thing we don't have it now, because then we'd be looking at the Ada to see what Ada is going to do. Yes. But uh, you see, it moves inland on the GFS, and you know, kind of loses it. It still shows a low there as it moves towards Belize, and then it it, it emerges uh, in one form or another. But notice how broad the you have this you you have the the hurricane, but at the same time, if you take a look at the overall picture here in the Caribbean, there's this very, very broad cyclonic flow uh, with uh, winds going like a giant low. And you, you just, if you, instead of watching where the low is, if you look at the streams of precip, you can see that there's turning virtually everywhere in the western half of the Caribbean Sea. That's, that, that's the gyre that we're talking about. And uh, if, if you go with the idea that the original center disappears, You'll notice that over time, because pressures are so low in the in the Western Caribbean, that you do get another low that pops up anyway. And this is what the models eventually take up. Now, in this run, it takes it pretty far northeast toward Haiti and the Dominican Republic, and then kind of reforms it. Like one low goes out there, then another one reforms near Jamaica, uh, and then heads toward Cuba, heads towards Cuba and points north. There's a lot of moisture here, so we're going to be hearing about not only. Um, the rains from the hurricane where it makes landfall, but for places like Jamaica, Cuba, the Dominican Republic, that whole area in the Western Caribbean is going to get socked with moisture for the remainder of this week and this weekend. And the other thing I think we should uh, pay attention to in terms of the upper flow uh, is uh, the fact that it will, we'll, we'll take a look at, at, at how it sets up in the Southwest Atlantic and into the Gulf of Mexico. So you can you can see the the trough at the top of the screen is the trough that's moving through the east right now, very intense. Goes the southernmost part of it reaches down to about central Florida, and then in between that you've got this very narrow ridge right in here. Okay, there's an upper high that's back out west of Texas, but uh, you know this whole area in here is higher pressures, and and of course this thing. Uh, Ada is, is kind of cradled underneath it, at least for the time being. But uh, moving through time, when we uh, take this forward, uh, you'll notice the trough pulls out. And now you've got mostly high pressure to the north. So that's why this thing is going so far south, because you've got this ridge that goes from the southwest Atlantic back into the western Gulf and into Mexico. As we move toward the weekend, you start to get a weakness that develops here. You have this little upper low that forms in the northern Gulf. And that base that that creates a large weakness in the Caribbean uh, and down into over Cuba and in the Bahamas. And I think we're going to see the tropical system somehow respond to this uh, over time. And and also very slowly going into next week. And I'm 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 ten or eleven days from now. Uh, this could wind up being anywhere at this point. This this could very well wind up being just about anywhere. It's almost pointless to look at these long range models. Now, when it comes in a situation like this, because the flow is so weak, it's too far south to get impacted uh, from the westerlies. 
So that makes the forecast that much more challenging as far as the long term is concerned. Yes, indeed. Uh, the, the doldrums, if you will, uh, the uh, storm with uh, little movement or not little movement, but very slow movement. Almost reminds me of the meteorological version of the movie Fantasia. You remember in the one part of that movie, uh, Mickey Mouse uh, decides that he's going to have um, the uh, what, what is it the, the, to do do all of his work for him the brooms and right. and 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 he tries to and and eventually the the brooms are taking so much water that everything is beginning to flood out so he takes an axe and tries to chop the brooms except every time he chops a broom like two more appear in this particular case with Ada you figure that well we'll 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 get rid of it once it moves over those tall mountains and makes it landfall or whatever. But as you point out, Joe, the gyre is so large that instead of just getting rid of it, it just kind of breaks and splits up into different <laughs> different pieces. Yeah, it's, it's going to be can, a can challenge. Pretty much, you know, reappear any, anywhere, any which way. So I, it's, I, we're I, not, I agree with you. We're not done with this, and we're not going to be done with any of this for maybe another 10 days or two weeks. So we'll, we'll see. I, I think we're I think, though, we are going to be seeing out of all of this mess, we'll eventually see the record-breaking uh, theta come out of uh, Ada. <laughs> Could be. And uh, don't get the folks at home don't uh, and, and weather geeks watching, don't get too excited from run to run because we've already seen the models do very strange things. But uh, it, it's sort of pointless to, to bank on any of it because we don't really know. Uh, how it's it, this thing is going to react with regards to the weak flow, with regards to how it uh, eventually it winds up in the Northwest Caribbean, assuming that it does. Does it move northeastward? Does it does it hang around down there in the Western Caribbean? There's no flow, so we shall see. Let's go back home and take a uh, closer to home and take a look at what's going on. And by the way, let me just remind uh, everybody, my Patreon members. On my, uh, plat my, my weather platform at patreon.com slash meteorologist Joe Chaffee. I uh, just want to remind you at 9 o'clock is our, our, our Zoom meeting tonight, which we've been doing every Monday night at 9, at least so far. Uh, so uh, I'll be putting up the links to the Zoom links to that uh, at uh, right after our uh, Joe and Joe show is done. Uh, Joe, the, weather, the wind advisories are, are done, uh, and uh, we're left with some winter weather advisories up in parts of upstate New York and northern Vermont and New Hampshire, and also for a small part of southern Vermont and I think one or one county in northwestern Mass. Cold in the mid-Atlantic, you've got freeze warnings and frost advisories down all the way to south Georgia, and the weather across the rest of the country is a snooze fest right now. I know. It's going to be uh, a nice lovely stretch here coming up later in the week. I I pointed out on my uh, Facebook page, Joe, that uh, um, the uh, Climate Prediction Center has placed our region, the Mid-Atlantic into most of Southern New England in a 90% probability of above normal temperatures between November 8th, which is next Sunday, and the 12th, which is the middle part of next week. And whenever you see the probability go up to 90%, you have to start thinking about the possibility of near record temperatures. And for New York City, for Central Park, the record for that period, 8 to the 12th of November, is in the 73 to 76 degree range. So I would not discount the possibility of seeing temperatures as high as that right. for Sunday into early next week. The only way that does, the what, what may prevent that from happening is 
would be the position of the high offshore, which depending on, you know, one thing or another, is there any kind of, that's my only question. Could we get into a situation like we got into back uh, two weeks ago and last week where you got this stagnant high offshore, you've got uh, a bit of a marine influence that comes in, you get into these low clouds and, and patchy fog that developed during the nighttime and early morning hours. And on some days it burns off and on some days it doesn't. That's the, that's the one thing I would be, be cautious about uh, in a pattern like this. Uh, our winds today uh, had some gusts up into the 50s. Uh, the wind was certainly very busy this afternoon. Just checking some of the observations shortly before 8 o'clock Eastern time. Still seeing some gusts up into the high 20s. But uh, the, uh, the stronger winds are, are done. And while the wind will remain rather busy tonight, uh, it's not going to be a, what, like it was during the day. The other thing is the upside is with all this wind, there's a lot of mixing going on. So I wouldn't expect temperatures to really drop all that far. We're probably going to settle in the 30s. The, cold, the coldest spots as you start to work your way northward through upstate New York and on up into New England, you'll start to see places that get down into the in, into the 20s, perhaps. But uh, as far as the coast is concerned, I think it's going to stay above freezing all night, uh, mostly uh, in the um, in the middle to upper 30s. And uh, looking at the satellite loop as it uh, is now loading, what it looks like, Joe, the upper trough is 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 uh, getting ready to move its last uh, short wave through. And there's, uh, there's clouds moving northwest, southeast, western New York, western PA, back up uh, to uh, Lake Huron and towards James Bay. So that's the last of the upper trough. And then, folks, if you look out to the west, uh, let me get rid of this. I'll just clean this up. Uh, but, you know, your, your deep trough here in the east, once that pulls out, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's upper ridge time that starts to move uh, eastward. And... Uh, once it gets in here, ain't, it ain't going away. We're going to have it for quite a while. Indeed. Uh, it's almost like a balloon inflating. Kind of reminds me, in a way, of the big upper ridge that uh, we saw during uh, May and June, where places like uh, Montreal and, and uh, northern Maine were well into the 90s under that big ridge, yeah. and we were a bit cooler. And that the, it, it seems, Joe, that especially the GFS, really wants to inflate that ridge over upstate New York and central and northern New England for Sunday and early next week. And that may very well be why uh, the uh, Climate Prediction Center is so competent in going 90% above uh, normal temperature-wise for, for that same time frame. Right. So it'll be the places that get a west wind out of this that'll wind up probably setting records. If, if our wind here is more south-southwest south, or south, um, I think we're gonna, we may struggle. I mean, we'll still probably make it up to the upper upper 60s and lower 70s, but I think I think uh, anything beyond that, you know, that that might be the upper limit. Again, it's all going to be about the wind direction and, and where the high is. Radar's got some patches of snow in upstate New York. A little rain in the mix too, coming off uh, the uh, off of Lake Ontario into north central New York State, where they have the winter weather advisory. Otherwise, the radars are all nice and quiet. There were a few snow flurries today, a few snow showers on Long Island. Uh, and a few scattered around elsewhere. Radar's pretty quiet, though, up and down the East Coast, really not seeing uh, much of anything here. I'm just going to try to get that. I have another radar view uh, that... Um, well, I had a couple of, uh, of Renegade snow showers this morning, Joe. was kind of surprised, actually. I looked out the window, because most of the night, 
it was clear, the, the nearly full moon lighting up the sky. And I said, yeah. oh, okay, that's it. Wake up this morning at around eight o'clock, looked out the window and uh, my deck was covered. I mean, again, just like it was on Friday with just an ever so slight or thin coating of, of snow. It was pretty well gone about uh, an hour later, but uh, a little, uh, must have been but it was there and, it, and, 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 you know, and they all, uh, all the flakes uh, count here. So, uh, you know, it all, it all goes in, it, you know, it's all get, all gets baked into the cake. Here's the 21 Z surface map, uh, low pressure that has now moved up further North toward uh, Labrador and you have uh, the gradient is still on the tight side in New Brunswick and over Nova Scotia and in northern New England. But we're starting to see those isobars get a little bit of space to them over us. And now we're waiting for this high, this 1031 high in northern Mississippi. Uh, once that starts pushing north uh, eastward and this last upper trough goes on through tonight into tomorrow morning, this little disturbance that's going by, uh, then we're going to start to see the wind slowly relax uh, during the day tomorrow with um, in decreasing clouds, because I think there'll be some clouds overnight into tomorrow morning, uh, decreasing clouds, increasing sun. Further south you go, more sun. Further north you go, more clouds. But at the end of the day, everybody should um, uh, have, have at least a, a halfway decent fair amount of sunshine. And uh, the weather prediction, folks, uh, as far as those next seven days, Joe, not a drop of rain. From southern and southeastern New England, almost all the way back to about the Mississippi River. So we're going to be bone dry for the next seven days. Yep. Uh, and uh, the plains looks like they're going to get some uh, moisture. Uh, the uh, the Rockies, north and south, and uh, much of the northwest and even down into California getting into some rainfall. Because that's where the trough is going to be. It's going to be out in the west. And that means they get busy and we stay quiet. I looked at the uh, maps, Joe. There are going to be a couple of days from the 8th to the 12th of uh, this upcoming week. I looked at the record highs for like uh, November 8th, November 9th. It dated back to 1975. I, I somewhat remember that. Looked at the maps, and I got to tell you, the position of the high and the uh, configuration of the upper level winds are somewhat similar mm -hmm. to uh, those very balmy temperatures of all those years ago. So that's why I, and you know, also, you, you say to yourself when you when you get into a pattern where we reach, let's say, the low and mid 70s and you say you look back like a week earlier and you're saying we were only going for mid and upper 60s because that's what the models were going for. I honestly believe that's what's going to happen here is that the models, most of them are saying mid to upper 60s think, to around 70. Yeah, I think they're going to fall. I think they if, if everything sets up just right, they're going to fall a few degrees short and we're going to see temperatures roar into the low and mid 70s at the end of the weekend and early next week. They're always playing catch-up uh, yeah. in a situation like this. They're always right. playing catch-up. And, and you see that <clears throat> you see that a lot in the spring. Uh, they, it, it, they're never high enough uh, when you have a ridge building up in the eastern part of the United States. It never seems like they're high enough uh, when it comes to that. Our deep trough goes on through. This is the last one. And, of course, you see that little arm that just sort of rotates back westward. Uh, in eastern Canada. I'll just run it through again. So uh, one, two, right in here. You see that um, up here. This is what's coming through for tonight. A very, you know, relatively weak. And once that goes by, that's the mechanism to get the whole trough out. And then, of course, you see the ridge, higher pressures. It's just kind of a flat flow for the rest of the week. Sort of a, a, a flat zonal west to east flow. Um, but there are no weather systems of importance to really that, that are going to be carried along. 
And then as we go through the weekend, big upper high. There's Joe's upper high centered over Virginia, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey, uh, and pushes up into upstate New York and northern New England. And meanwhile, uh, you notice the very deep trough that pops down in the west. Uh, so uh, this time of year, if you've got amplitude on one side, you're going to have uh, you know, deep trough on one side means a big ridge on the other. And that upper high stays off the Carolina coast. We're up to next Wednesday. Uh, on this on this uh, upper air, Joe, um, we're going to probably have to wait till the latter part of next week before any kind of cold front has an, even a chance to get through. Right. And then right. eventually the, the ridge just flattens out quite a bit, but it's still there around mid-month, and you still have another deep trough that drops down into the west of the long range, assuming that that's correct. I don't know if it is, but uh, <clears throat> at least <clears throat> seems like it's... Uh, uh, you know, we could very well go go through the go through the end of next week without seeing a drop of rain. It could very well be, Joe. And uh, those temperatures are not too bad either. I mean, I was getting to think of myself. You know, maybe this might be the best time to uh, think about putting up the Christmas decorations before it gets too bitterly cold again, because uh, you know it's not often you get a protracted or prolonged spell of 60s to around 70 or even above. Yeah, it's no fun. It's no fun if you wait till to a point where you suddenly got to have to deal with a cold air mass and, you know, very bad gloves. Yes. <laughs> you know, at least yeah. you can put them up with your bare hand right now. So I'm going to answer a question on the chat board. Oh, please both, do. Both for, both for you and I. Uh, Paul Roman asked. Yes, this is my natural hair color, but go <laughs> on. <laughs> well, Paul Roman asked if I were given an invitation by the National Hurricane Center to go on board one of their hurricane hunter flights no. fight into, into the hurricane, would I accept the invitation? I, I would say no, and I was going to say no for you too. There ain't no way you're going to get me on one of those planes to go into, uh, into a major hurricane like this. I've seen what those planes look like on the inside. The answer is no. No, no, and yes. no. Yes. Okay? I agree. Even, even if I'm heavily insured, the answer is no. Right. No, that's even. I, I didn't even want to do it when I was young. Yeah, you know, there are some people out there who, when we were younger, I know a few few of our peers or our colleagues who said, "Yeah, I'd love to do that." <laughs> I would just shake my head and say, "Have a good flight." Yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> doing that. All right, so here we go for the rest of the week. It's pretty straightforward. Much of the country quiet. The Northwest. And then, and, and the marine layer I mentioned, by the way, if you take a look along the southeast coast and down to Florida, you got these easterly winds. This is where it, it is a little problematic because you do get, you know, these showers that occasionally try to pop in from off the ocean. But we're, we're not really in that line of fire. Uh, but you also, if you look as we get to Friday and Saturday, we do actually have uh, a couple of easterly isobars that run up from North Carolina all the way up into Maine because the high is out near Newfoundland. So that, again, that leaves me a little bit of concern uh, as to whether we wind up getting involved in some sort of marine layer over time. Over the weekend, it looks like high pressure is going to be right on top of us. So that might keep uh, any issues, uh, any marine issues out of the, uh, of the forecast. Might be a bit more problematic as you head down, say, to Delmarva, down into Virginia, North Carolina. But I'll worry about that when we get there. In the meantime, there's a low that comes out of the northwest, 
and there's going to be some snow in the northern Rockies at the end of the week. And that winds up going, uh, the trough is so far west, Joe, that you take a low that goes from, uh, comes in in Washington, Oregon to Idaho, and then it moves northeastward in through eastern North Dakota and heads up northward from there. I mean, that's how far, how deep and how far left the trough is. So any fronts can't even have no chance of making it. Now, the models have been telegraphing for early next week some kind of snow and ice event for the central and northern plains and maybe even into the northwestern Great Lakes. We'll have to see how this evolves over the next couple of days. But uh, this particular run actually has about a half bad looking low uh, running up uh, in toward Lake Superior with some snow back to parts of uh, the Dakotas and Minnesota. We'll see again. We'll, we'll see in the coming days whether that really uh, does anything. You see Ada, maybe, or some form of it uh, on this particular run uh, running into the Gulf of Mexico and as we move out in the long range just, just basically the remnant low moves westward and dissipates on this run but I again as I said earlier uh, you have to um, uh, exercise a little bit of of caution actually exercise a lot of caution on every single run of the GFS in the long range I'm always seeing Joe, you know, go on. Uh, we've we've got our own 24/7 chat on uh, Discord, uh, which um, uh, most you folks can be part of if you'd like. Uh, but uh, the, uh, you know, I they put up, you know, they, the folks they 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 they're all sharing maps with each other. And again, you 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 kind of look at one particular run, you see it do it one thing, and then you look at another run and you see it doing something else. There's just so many variables here in terms of where the troughs, with the trough being in the west, with this gyre, this gyre with 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 a, with a category five, almost a category five hurricane embedded in, in it. All bets are off in the longer term. I'm just going to wait to to see uh, what uh, the models bring us down the road, and I'm not going to get too worked up about anything at the moment. But but one thing that you one thing that you would have to say, Joe, is that you know you say watch out for the GFS. The GFS, by far and away, of all the models, has done the best in terms of tropical cyclone projections. This, yes, this, I, this, I, this. I I totally agree with with you on that. And yeah. the fact that you're seeing these very, you know, from run to run, you're seeing all these different outcomes show you, shows you how much trouble the models are having anyway. They're going to have trouble regardless in the longer range because of the variability, but even more so here because you have all of this weird stuff going on. I'll call it weird stuff because what I mean by that is it, it's uh, it's stuff that we really don't see very often. So, and the models don't either. So they have a tougher, they have a tough time figuring out what in the name of God is going to happen at, uh, out of all of this. Well, we'll see, you know, there's yes, a, lot of see. a lot of people, a lot of people are asking a lot of questions about a lot of things that are going to be happening in the future. Uh, not necessarily meteorology. Uh, yeah, no, I understand that, but we're, yeah. we're, but we're not going there. We're not going there, yeah. <laughs> All right, I think I got a Briller Jeopardy here somewhere. Yeah, can I just say one thing about uh, the chairman has been mentioning on um, the chat board the last several days about how this coming Wednesday is going to be Joe and Joe Appreciation Day, the second annual Joe and Joe Appreciation Day. If If, if he's referring to the fact that we, you know, Last year, when we were in our final day at um, Verizon Fios One News, 
I think that was the 13th of November. Was, it, was that correct? Yeah, that sounds right. And I think that was that was the day that we had our last Joe and Joe physically together. So Scott Scott has is marking Wednesday as the Joe and Joe. I just I, I hope I can make it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is that I said if it, if there's going to be really a Joe and Joe Appreciation Day, maybe it ought to be the 13th of November, which would be, oh my goodness, Friday the 13th of November. Now do we know? Well, I'm I'm not a superstitious creature, so um, I'm trying to find here. And I, I, all right, I'm, I'm just going to go back because we did have a, a Timothy Veltman messaged me um, regarding a Austin Belkowski on the chat board uh, wanting to know the state of La Nina and how it's affecting the current weather. Um, for those of you, so let me bring this up. Uh, I, I'm just, I kind of working really fast on this, uh, and I, I just pulled the, pulled this, uh, pulling a graphic off of uh, Wikipedia, okay. And you see it here uh, in the Pacific. And this is a general, uh, I don't, I'm not even sure, I don't know that this is even right now, but I'm just kind of illustrating for those of you uh, that are uh, not familiar with La Nina and, and El Nino, but uh, it's, it's this area here in the equatorial Pacific. Uh, you'll notice that the dark blue, that is indicating below normal ocean water temperatures from the coast of South America and then westward across the equatorial Pacific. And uh, when we have this condition, uh, then uh, this is uh, the big reason we've had a strengthening El Nino. In other words, the, uh, the, the ocean water here has actually been getting colder relative to normal uh, through the summer and through the fall months. So uh, this is a big, big uh, factor in the fact that the hurricane season has been so incredibly active. It might even be the reason why it's it's been even more active, relatively speaking, uh, from the uh, end of October to the beginning, and now we're in the beginning of November. It makes uh, it makes sense, Joe, because as we have said time and time again, the Earth's way of getting rid of all of that excess heat, that surplus heat that builds up during the middle and latter part of the summertime, is by way of hurricanes. Now, we see right there why the Pacific has been lagging behind the Atlantic in terms of hurricane activity. Hurricanes do not like cool cool temperatures and cold ocean water. So if the earth is going to let go and let off steam, where's the best place to do it this particular year? It would be the Atlantic. And that's, that's why I'm sure we've had so many more hurricanes and tropical systems there as opposed to out in the Pacific. Correct. And if I, I, I'm just really fast trying to bring up the latest map from uh, November 1st. And I just have it here. So I just I just found one from uh, ospo.noaa.gov, which is where a lot of these sea surface temperature maps are. Uh, so I'm and would you call that a what you just had the, the the map on the screen there? What would you call that? I would certainly not call that a weak La Nina. No, that, that that's a I'm, pretty strong one. And in fact, Joe, take yeah. a look at uh, this is the current look. And, and these are sea surface temperature anomalies. Look how, how below normal the ocean water temperature is across the equatorial Pacific. And this really explains just why you have um, uh, the Pacific was so relatively <coughs> inactive, because when you have a La Nina, uh, right. it creates wind shear conditions in the upper atmosphere in the eastern Pacific. But at the same time, it creates light wind shear conditions in general 
across the Atlantic. And another interesting thing, if you look on the Atlantic side, Joe, virtually the entire Atlantic Ocean uh, is um, north of the equator, is above normal uh, right. as far as temperatures. There are some really dark red spots in uh, New England, off the New England coast and toward Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, showing much above normal. And then there's this big patch of below normal temperatures, which is interesting when you go out further east into the Atlantic and head toward Ireland and England. And then they go back above normal as you head up toward Greenland. So, I mean, I don't know. I Honestly, I don't know what, if any, implications there are with regards to this ocean water temperatures. I have found over the years that trying to make a bet on the kind of weather that you would get in the wintertime based on the ocean water uh, temperatures is a very fruitless exercise. Because, yeah. um, you know, folks could still say, oh, if the ocean water is that much warmer, then uh, that's going to mean that storms that are going to develop uh, are going to storms that develop are going to be stronger. Well, not necessarily. If you don't have the right upper air pattern, you could spend the whole winter with storms going out to the west and you never see. You know, we've had winters where we've seen very few lows along the east coast and which one the ones that we do have been um, have been very weak. Uh, on the other hand, I've seen winters where we've had colder than normal temp water temperatures in the winter time, and these ocean storms uh, have we've got we've gotten ocean storms that have become monstrous because of the fact that the upper the upper trough and the, the position of the trough in the eastern part of the United States is far I think a far bigger influence and far more uh, 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 a bigger part of the equation than the ocean water temperatures are. I mean I don't know if you agree with me on that, but I, honestly I think it's a fruitless exercise. Folks are asking about the typhoon in the Pacific. Oh, somebody um, wants to know about the, the typhoon. Producer, the executive producer wants to, wants me to know that on the chat board somebody is asking or some people are asking about the typhoon in the Pacific. All right, well, <clears throat> I haven't really looked at it very much, but I can know, certainly I'll pull something up. Uh, if you go to Tropical Tidbits, uh, well, there's Ghani. I think I'm saying it right, or Goni, and Atsani. So I'm not sure which one. All right, so it's not Goni because top winds here are 35. Uh, so let's go to Atsani. Maybe that's the one. No, this one's only 30 knots now, so I'm not I'm not seeing it here. Uh, so uh, I'm not seeing it here uh, uh, with regards to uh, the typhoon. Let's see if this is this is the latest forecast. I believe this comes out of Japan. And uh, it's taking it a track straight westward, whatever this is. In terms of development, it has it. Um, I mean, it does take this one to a minimal typhoon uh, heading south of Hong Kong. But I, I don't, I know there might have been one over the weekend. I, I, I saw a few mentions about it, but uh, it's off It's off his grid now. So I'm not seeing, uh, so I'm not really seeing it. I really don't have, I and honestly, I don't have the time to go look uh, at this point. Um, Joe, could you, do you think they would have 30 or 40 years ago the power of just like snapping your fingers and you immediately you're, you're looking at weather? Oh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. It, 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 it is. It's 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 uh, humbling in a lot of ways. Yeah, because we, we you and I remember the day when it that, that it didn't happen. So uh, we can appreciate having all this information at our fingertips. Um, but you also get used to it. So I'm, I'm kind of used to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm long used to the idea of being able to find whatever it is I need to find. Uh, it's just that I sometimes I just need a little bit of lead time. Uh, Thank you very much to Rosendo Benitez. 
for your hitting super chats this evening. We Yay, we appreciate it. Thank you very much, Joe, and I always appreciate it when you hit super chat. Let's go to uh, Briller Jeopardy here. You ready? Yes, sir. Okay, question one uh, from the chairman. What was the highest and lowest temperature in New York City uh, for the month of November? Well, I know that um, back in 1950, and 1950 was a was a at the end of 1950 November, I think it was the 26th or 27th. There was a massive storm that went right up to the Appalachians with hurricane force winds. On one side, heavy rains; on the other side, tremendous snows. But before all of that happened, at the beginning of November of 1950, I, I think there was a couple of there were a couple of days where the temperature hit like 83 degrees in uh, at Central Park or in New York City. Very good. As far as as far as the coldest temperature, that I that I do not know. I'll take a wild stab and say that uh, it's gotten as cold as let's say 20, 26 degrees at Central Park Ooh. in November. Ooh, Joe, way off on that one. 80, 84 in nineteen fifty, right, was the record high, all time record high. Five, the record low in eighteen seventy five. Well, there were no steam engines back in 1875. So. Oh, okay. Um, oh, question, question two. How many times in November since 1869 <coughs> Central Park received at least one inch of snow for the month? How many times? Mm -hmm. So we're, look, we're talking about like 160 some odd years and how many times or how many storms have done that? Yeah, 151 uh, years. Wow, I, um, I'll I'll say it's happened. I'll say it's happened at least at least 80, 85 times. No, only thirty times. Really? Yes. And I think if you look back at the records, they're probably bunched up, uh, like in the nineteen eight in the uh, eighteen late eighteen hundreds. Then there was a stretch where they didn't have very much, and then there was like an odd one that pops up here and there. Um, and I don't know, it just seems like every, it's a once every five years or six years, we wind up with a, um, a, a, an accumulating snow event in the month of November. Most months, was, you don't get anything. I remember there was a big storm on Veterans Day, 1968. In fact, it was so bad that people ran off of the, they, they stopped their cars and ran off the Whitestone Bridge because the Whitestone Bridge was, was going up and down, was vibrating. Uh, that's how strong the winds were. And then I remember there was another one in 1987. There was snow, and um, there was a there was a Thanksgiving 1971. I think that was the last time that they didn't that there was rain and sleet and snow, and the the, the balloons couldn't fly at all that year. My uncle Ron, who lived up in Mayo Pack at that time, had like a half a foot of snow. So yeah, those those stand out, but there right. there aren't too many, you know, major snowfalls in the month of November. Right. And the other part of this, um, the next part of this, how many times in November has, has the park recorded at least five inches? Of snow? Yeah. In November? At least five. <laughs> there must be a date that I don't remember uh, of, of recent. Uh, well, I think this is uh, like total snowfall uh, for the month, though. Well, total snowfall for the month. Right. At least five. Um, month. Well, I know they... I know that I mean the monthly, the monthly average for November is like 0. 0.8, I think. Yeah, it used to be one so, inch. 
I don't know what, what the, I don't know what it's going to be on the new normal. So why don't we say nine? I don't know. Nineteen fifty. I did. Did they? Did we get snow? I think we got snow with with that storm. I don't know if it was five. If we had a total of five inches for the whole month, but well, the answer is six. Six. Right. We've had it. It's happened six times since eighteen sixty nine. Okay. Okay. And um, if you look again, if you look at the records, a lot of it happened a lot prior to nineteen, like you know, nineteen ten. If you go nineteen ten and, and back toward mm -hmm. eighteen sixty nine, snow in November was actually a fairly regular phenomena. Um, and the uh, last one uh, on November fifteenth, nineteen thirty three, um, this happened, and it's the latest it's ever happened. The temperature got to 84 degrees. 80. 80 degrees. It's the latest 80 degree high. Okay. Uh, so November 15th, 1933. Wow. Okay. That's pretty good. Shocking, but true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's call it a night. Again, I just want to uh, remind my Patreon members on my uh, subscription platform, uh, Zoom, uh, the links for Zoom will be going up uh, as soon as I, we say goodbye here, uh, and uh, that'll start at nine o'clock. The the uh, uh, the waiting room will be there. I will be going in and out for a little while, uh, and uh, we're going to start uh, promptly at nine. So um, just look for that in a couple of minutes. Uh, and you have any parting things to say, Mr. Rayo? No. The only thing is that uh, earlier we were talking about how neither you nor I would go on a Hurricane Hunter flight, and uh, uh, it was uh, the question was then thrown out. Maybe Mrs. Rayo might want to go, and she basically said she would love to go and call the two of us chicken. Well, she'll have to prep the plane first. She said, "Geez, I would go. Those guys are no fun." Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. No. And uh, thanks, of course, to our sponsor, the Joe, Joe and Joe Weather Show, brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware, Long Island's largest rock salt provider. They're ready for winter. Are you ready for winter? Make sure you get all your weather, uh, your winter weather needs uh, filled at Omni True Value Har Hardware, twelve twenty six North Wellwood Avenue, West Babylon, New York, six three one seven five six one one two five. So we will see you tomorrow night at uh, seven o'clock. Patreon members, nine oh, o'clock no, on Zoom, seven thirty. I'm sorry, tomorrow night at seven thirty. Hold habits are tough to break, um, and. Uh, uh, we're starting the Zoom video at uh, 9 o'clock, so stand by for the links, folks. Uh, thanks for hitting Super Chat to, tonight. Uh, that was, let me just check check that again. Uh, that was uh, Rosetta well, Benitez. Thank you again for hitting Super Chat tonight. We really appreciate it. All right, folks, see you later. Good night, everybody. Bye.